When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You'll, ne- you'll never have friendship like that unless you win something together. We'll, we'll be friends till the day we die. Something that we're proud of as well because, you know, that first former side to get up into well, the old second division now the championship. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Interviews. My name's Sam Davis and this is Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. I hope you've been enjoying all of the interviews that we've been putting on this show. It's been great to hear from some former cherries and to relive some amazing memories from yesteryear. In this show, we're going a bit further back. Whilst we've had Pewey, Tommy and going into the championship memories... We're going to talk about the championship back in the day. Yeah, that's right, because Bournemouth reached the second tier in the 1980s under Harry Redknapp. Now, on this show, we've got an hour-long chat with two ex-AFC Bournemouth stalwarts. Firstly, Paul Morell, one of Bournemouth's best left-backs in the history of the club. A player who donned the cherry shirt for 10 years, notching nearly 350 appearances for us as well as numerous solid performances and a Harry Redknapp-inspired promotion season. One of his key moments for ACB was scoring the winning goal in the first Football League trophy final, then known as the Associate Members' Cup, when Bournemouth beat Hull City 2-1 at Boothbury Park in May 1984. Alongside him today... Willow, John Williams, the player turned assistant manager who played 117 games for the Cherries, described as Harry Redknapp as being possibly the best signing he's made in his 25-year management career. He also helped the Cherries win the third division championship in 86-87. We amassed 97 points that year. And now, of course, he acts as the BBC Radio Solent summariser alongside Chris Temple. Now, in this interview, they chat to Neil Dawson, but first, Jeff Hayward. So we had Roy the Rover stuff with Luther Blesser on Tuesday night, and we've got Roy the Rover stuff today with Colin Clark. So, gentlemen, thank you for joining us today, Mozzie and Willow. Mozzie, 10 years at the club, must have felt like a lifetime, but I can imagine the lockdown has felt the uh, felt like a lot longer for you. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, it's absolutely, uh, I'm now getting uh, pretty cheesed off of it now, so, but it's what it is and we just got to abide by what's going on. But yeah, 10 years at the football club, fantastic and uh, some fond memories there. And uh, Willow, tough times for you because you've lost your shirt I see today. Um, how's, it been for, how, how's it been for you? Well, 
we've got to this position now, and it just feels like getting ready for pre-season. I'm not sure they're going to play again, if I'm yeah. honest. That, yeah. That's only yeah. a guess. I don't know what the government are going to do. But I don't think at this present time, people's health's more important than football. Yeah, you know, we have to go along with that. And if you finish the season at the moment, and I know there's big arguments against this, leave things as they are. Everybody goes to nil, and we start again when everybody can go back to work. Just at this present time, uh, you know, there's far more important things than football. And I bet you're missing the media duties too, aren't you? Well, of course, yeah. I mean, I'm like everybody else. We're all in a situation where you can't decide what is the next best move. But at this present time, you go with what the government are doing and you, and we just do the best we can. And, you know, just trying to keep... And it is a bit strange. Like, like I say, you know, we're trying to catch me in the garden. People are more friendly now, even though we're all doing that three metres away thing. I found people are, are much more... Um, hospitable good stuff good stuff well look uh also today we've got cherry's port cherry supporter for many a decade neil dawson joining us neil how are you you all right yeah no, i'm good i'm very good thank you very much oh, no. i was just reflecting as well i um i was going through the record books last night i saw both uh paul and willow's uh debuts and i saw both their first goals for the club as well so making me feel a little bit old boy oh boy yeah, I think we're, we're all at that veteran level on this one. So uh, anyway, we've got some uh, really interesting times in football at the moment. And I'm sure we'll talk about uh, more of that, Willow, uh, um, later in the show. But uh, okay. for the majority of this show, what we'd like to do is reminisce about much easier and simpler times. So going in chronological order as much as we can in the chat, I just wanted to start with you, Mozzie. How did your football career start, if you can remember that far back? Um, obviously, uh, uh, going back to school days, I went through the Paul schools, Dorset schools, um, um, and then I uh, went to Paul Town at 14, signed my first semi-pro contract at Paul Town, um, had to get permission from the you know, headmaster at my school at the time, um, and it went from there to Bath City, to Weymouth, and then... At Weymouth, they really mucked my contract up there. Um, they dropped a bit of our money, our bonuses, and that uh, got me away on a free transfer. Um, and that's when, uh, first of all, I went up to Wimbledon, actually, and spoke to Dave Bassett, and I was nearly signed for the crazy game. I reported home uh, to think about the move to Wimbledon. And, um, and then Harry phoned me up out of the blue and said, you know, how would you like to come and have a chat with us at Bournemouth. I said, well, I'm signing for Dave Bassett tomorrow. He said, no, you're not. Come and have a chat with us. Well, the rest is history. Harry did his work on me and uh, sold the club to me and uh, I signed a pro contract at Bournemouth at 21. And you tasted cup success for the Cherries in 84. Do you want to tell us about that momentous uh, experience? Um, yeah. 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 Uh, well, 84, what was that, Man United, was it? The no, well, game? I saw that you didn't actually play in that Man United game, but you didn't you win no, the... No, I got injured. But you no, the won Man the... United game, uh, Associate Members' Cup, was it? That's right, the Associate yeah, the Members' Cup. Yeah, 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 we, yeah, that was a strange one as well, because we got through to the final, and um, it was meant to be played at Wembley. And a week before, they had the Horse of the Year show on the pitch, and it coupled the pitch up. So, in the end, they had to toss between home and away, and we lost the toss and had to go all the way to Hull City to play the final at Hull, uh, um, which was a bit of an anticlimax in a way that, you know, the game should have been played at Wembley. However, you know, making that long trip to Hull, we come back with a cup, and obviously I scored the winning goal. Did it, the, um, was there any TV footage of that? Because I never saw the TV footage. Yes, yeah, there is. A, I think somewhere I found it on one of the YouTube or something. Yeah, yeah. I, there was a some. I can't remember where I found it, but I, 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 and someone sent it to me as well. So I have got it somewhere. Can you describe yeah, your goal uh, for uh, for everybody? Oh, it's a, a classic, absolute classic <laughs> for me. 
No, it was, a, it was one of those corners. I think a corner came in. It was a bit like a willow flick on, um, but obviously he wasn't playing that game. But uh, it was flicked on and I come in and headed it in. Um, so, yeah, uh, I was really pleased with the goal. I didn't get many in my career. I think only about nine. Um, but obviously getting the winning goal in the Associate Members Cup or whatever it was called back then. Um, was absolutely brilliant. I think it was a first trophy for a while for AFC Bournemouth. Um, it made the trip back much better, I must admit. It was a strange period, wasn't it? That um, that period, the two years before promotion, because there weren't really many indications that we would go on and have such a fantastic season as we did in 1986. The, the two seasons before uh, were quite hit and miss. What was it like playing under Harry Redknapp during those seasons before success? Yeah, I mean, it was strange because obviously when I signed for Bournemouth, it was Don Megson was the manager. And then he got sacked very early on um, of me signing. And then obviously Harry took over. And yeah, it was a strange time. So I think it was um, the typical Bournemouth, really. They just survived. They, they just done enough to stay in the league. Um, and like the two years before us winning the trophy, yeah, we were sort of, sort of I think, 56 points one year. Um, we used to say once we hit that 40 port, Mark, we were safe, so we could sort of relax a bit. Um, that was the that was the usual sort of. I, I think Willow would back me up on that. We used to say you get forty points plus, we were safe, so that that was what we aimed for. And then we knew we'd go on a good holiday at the end of the season, so and we were in the league for another year. But you know, as players, we never went in with that mentality. We always went in to win games and and to do our best for the football club. And for many years, they've been in the doldrums, and uh, obviously the build up. Even even the pre-season, the year we went, we won the league. We didn't win a game pre-season. We had no. crisis talk pre-season. Um, <clears throat> Harry Harry pulled us in and uh, went through the lot of us. Cole Richards got the biggest slate in. Um, Harry said he think he he done his money when he signed him because he was useless. <laughs> um, but as Carl told us, he said, "Don't worry about that. I'll get my component right when we start." So. I rest my case. I mean, we were all a bit worried about it. I've got to be honest here because we didn't win a game that, that, that pre-season. I, I remember going down, I think the final friendly might have been at Weymouth because I think we lost 3-0. I remember coming back with my dad and the year before, Colin Clark's goals had kind of kept us up. I remember coming back with my dad saying, there's no way we'll stay up. And you had just no idea what was going to happen that season. And it was just amazing how it's turned around so quick. Yeah, that's right. Um yeah, it did turn around. I mean, that that that's we started the season, and we, I don't think we even had a really good start to the season. The, the year we won the league, I think we, you know, we were just getting results, and uh, obviously, as the season went on, we started to get a run together. And coming up to Christmas, we hit a few injuries, and uh, we thought, oh crikey! And I think we played. I think Mark Newsom went up front for a couple of games. I think he was up front at Bristol Rovers. Um, but we got through that spell of injuries and everything else, and we went on an unbelievable run. I think only losing, I think, two games, um, and and going right through to the end of the season. And it, it was touch and go because Middlesbrough were pushing us, and they were only three points behind us, um, and they were neck and neck with us, and we kept, you know, looking at their, their results. But you know, we 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 had that mentality in our side. Willow, I tell you, we we went out with that attitude that we're never going to get beat. We, we had some good players there. Um, we had a good team spirit there. And I, I think that we went out with that uh, mentality that we're never going to be beaten. We're just going to go out and do our best and get the results and grind out results. And we did grind out some good results. And we didn't play very well in, on occasions, but we kept getting the results and it kept picking up that league and kept us on the top of the league. So, yeah, it was an unbelievable season. I was just about to ask Willow a question. I was he's got bored I hope he's coming back. Sorry, I was just I was looking up. There's a, a beautiful girl outside the window. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, genius. I was going to say, Willow, you were one of the signings mid-season, weren't you? That uh, probably because of that injury crisis, Harry came looking. Was that the reason why you joined Bournemouth? Well, it was Christmas when it happened. Um, it was very strange the way it happened because in the pre-season, I'd met Harry and Brian Tyler at a tribunal 
where I was going from Tranmere to Port Vale, and they were taking Colin Clark, my teammate, from Tranmere to Bournemouth. And I think it was Colin who was responsible for me ending up at Bournemouth. And, uh, well, it just changed my life completely. You know, as soon as I got there, there were so many leaders in the camp, you know, Tony, Sean, Mozzie, of course, Jerry, Trevor Aylock. I mean, there was me and Richard. There's me and Richard Cook who were the newcomers. Uh, yeah, Willow, I remember like you know, when you first turned up at Rotherham. I think was when Harry signed you. I think we were getting beat at half time, and I think we got beat up there. And I think he put you right on the spot, Harry, did. in the change room after the game. And he said to Willow, he said. Go on, you tell them what you think of the players. My God, Willow, let us have it. Tell him he's just fine for us. Tell him played a game and he's having a go at us. It was just that sort of setup, though, wasn't it? You know, nobody, nobody held back. We're all decent players for sure, but there was just so many leaders in there, and Harry just pushed it over to me and. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't go too heavy, I don't think, Moz. <laughs> well, I didn't, it certainly felt like it. <laughs> no, it, 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 was, it was probably well worth, you know, the, the, the criticism we got because we were poor that game. And uh, as you say, you were a terrific signing. And when he signed him, he, you know, you brought another leader into the squad and tightened us up at the back and just gave us that little push. For the rest of the season, you know, so it was a great sign on Harry's behalf, you know, and Cookie as well, yeah. Richard Cook Cookie as well. as well, yeah, absolutely. And it was a place to go and drink when he was in the hotel, it's fantastic. <laughs> we had some great meals there. <laughs> we, 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 had a, we had a great time on and off the pitch, I must admit. Not, I don't think you could do it absolutely. nowadays, but we did then. Oh, well, no, I was gonna, right, Willow. I was going to ask that question, actually, because uh, it was a team that, I mean, I always remember bumping into a lot of you out and about around town of a night time. Um, so uh, other than Tommy Heffernan, who's the obvious one, who were the, who were the biggest biggest lads for a good night out? Go on, Oz. <laughs> Where did you start here, Willow? <laughs> All the best. <laughs> um, no, no, I think, I think you can't, Willow. Mark, Mark Newson, the was captain. Noose. And then Mozzie, a close second. <laughs> then me, no, a, we, close, we... a close third. <laughs> but the, thing is, the thing is, Harry knew that the ones that used to go out and have, you know, socialise, as we called it, uh, which was basically, I mean, when, Wednesdays was our drinking day and um, it was yeah. when we'd go and see the reserves play at the ground and then we'd start yeah. off at Abbey Line Social Club uh, yeah, game snooker, put the jukebox on a bit of Jamiroquai a bit of, a, bit of music a bit of a boogie and yeah. then we end up down Little Peters Little there, Peters well, oh, Little Peters oh now uh, you're going back in time gee and then we'd probably end up in Bumbles falling off stools but um you know, and uh, then we turn up for training the next day, knowing it was crossing and shooting, so we all had a bit of a hangover. But little Richard Cook knew that, and he used to smash the balls in in our heads, like no, that was a hangover. Um, but no, sometimes we used to turn up at the ground. I think Mark Newson turned up one day; his eyebrows was all shaved off, and then a couple of plasters over the top of his eyes. And um, I, I know who Harry, that was. <laughs> and Harry just took one look at us and just went, "What the hell's going on here?" You know who's done that? Ian, Ian Bishop was out with me in, in my flat, yeah. and he'd done uh, Noose's eyebrows. Yeah, unbelievable. So, yeah. But Harry used to sort of look at us and go, Right, you better be, you know, trained right. We always did. The thing is, we always, we, what as you say, you worked hard, we played hard, but we always gave 110% in training. Always. It didn't affect that. No. Um, I think the only time it did affect us, I think we went to Portugal on tour one one year, yeah. uh, mid season. I think well, there was it all pre season, and um, I think Brentford out there and Brighton. Oh, yeah. We had a couple of bad results. Oh, we had a good result. We drew, and then we won. And then Harry said, "Right, you can go out for a drink." Well, Red Brown for a ball for me, Willow, and the boys, and we went into town, had a few drinks, and 
Um, yeah, and uh, it got from bad, went from bad to worse. And of course, you know, a few things happened. I can't really go into detail. <laughs> I know um, what you mean. And, <laughs> and um, we ended up Harry coming round all the rooms, saying extra train in the morning. And of course, he was running round in about hundred degree heat and a park. And of course, me with own news, we were all right. We got on with it. But Sean Close and Cookie were puking everywhere. Yeah. And Harry said, I told you, you can't drink with those Premier League drinkers. Stay clear of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, classic. Oh, when, you, when you actually were both involved at the club, what was the financial situation like? Because there were a hell of a lot of you had, had come into the squad on free transfers, hadn't you? Uh, not me. I, I, yeah, I, I got away from Weymouth because they mucked my contract up. So obviously I signed for Bournemouth on a free. Um, but yeah, the, we went through some real bad times. I think we were in Ireland on pre-season tour, and I think we just heard on the news that Bournemouth had just been sold. I think they'd sold it to a building company or something. And of course, we were out in Ireland on tour, and then of course we went across to Germany after that. But we didn't know we, we, what the club was up to. They'd sold the club. I think um, I think that was Rocky Barton or something. I can't remember the yeah. ins and outs of it. And they sold it, and I think a consortium bought the club back in uh, in again. So it went through some really bad times. I mean, I was there when we had no wages. Um, and Norman Hayward bailed us out a couple of times with our wages. Um, so, yeah, it was desperate times, um, early doors. You know, financially, they, you know, they wanted such a secure football club. They wouldn't pay massive wages. But we, we had, they had a few financial problems. How would you describe the team's style of play? Because it was a it was a strange side. Because it, I mean, it pretty much, I mean, it nearly beat the points record for the time in the league. But there weren't any major top goal scorers. So I think twelve or thirteen goals was like the highest highest um, score in the side. It was a it was more of a hard working side, wasn't it, than a beautiful beautiful side as I remember it. One nil. <laughs> That was our style, 1-0. Anything else was a bonus. Once we went ahead, no chance. We didn't, yeah. we didn't concede. Yeah. You were a very physical side as well because you had Tony Pulis, the sort of hard man in midfield, and obviously, you know, Willow, you were a bit of a physical specimen in your day, weren't you, at centre-half? Let, let me tell you a story about Tony Pulis. We're, we're in Magaluf. As teams, <laughs> as teams did in in them days, it were all there: Mozzie, me, Cookie, Tony, Sean, Trevor, the whole team. We're walking along the street and we see um, Warren Aspinall. Remember Warren? Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. Play him, for yeah. us. Play for us. He did, of course. And he's playing for Aston Villa. We walk past this bar, and he says to Tony, "Pulis." Oh, how are you, Muppet? How are you doing? Now, there's me, Sean and Tony, three of us, and the whole Aston Villa team. Tony goes to get stuck into them. I'm following. But the wise mind, Sean, says, hang on, there's 12 of them, and three of us, <laughs> leave it. <laughs> Tony waited three years till we drew Portsmouth in the FA Cup before he got his own back on Warren. He cut him in half. I thought he broke his legs, his ligament, everything. <laughs> Warren got up. I couldn't believe it. It was unbelievable. But somebody doesn't forget. No. I, I can remember a game uh, where we played Millwall where Tony Pulis was marking Terry Herlock. Uh, who wow. A lot of people remember. Oh, yeah. And it was, yeah. it was like a game within a game. The two of them just smashed into each other oh. all game. And then walked off the pitch arm in arm. Yeah. At the end of it. Yeah. That, that, that's, so that's the way it was. Right. Yeah. In them days. Yeah. But you also had some real talent in that team. I mean, I remember Carl Richards, uh, some of the goals that he scored. He was a fantastic player. And and that season for him, that 86, 87 season, I mean, he was he was on fire, wasn't he? Unbelievable. In training, if you tackled him, it was like tackling a bag of spanners. He was hard as rock, very quick. A great lad, by the way. I loved Carl. I still love Carl. 
we, we, we had a reunion uh, not too long ago, and Carl was there, and he was the life and soul of the party. You had that, um, one of the features of that season was that amazing corner kick routine. It seemed it seemed like we probably scored more goals from it in memory than we actually did, but where Cookie used to land it right on your head and you flick it onto the back post. Did you practice that a lot? It wasn't. Cookie was later. Was it Des O'Connor? It right. was Des O'Connor. <laughs> Mark O'Connor. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, that's, that's what we called him, Desi. So, honestly, he used to clip them in and get them close to me, and all I had to do was glance it. Mark Newsom uh, took yeah. quite a lot of goals from it. I think Mos- you against Hartlepool, Mozzie, you got on into one of my flicks. Yeah, Remember that one? Yeah, 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 yeah. FA Cup replay at home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Mark O'Connor was the, the instigator, then Cookie, and then Bish. Then oh, yeah. we, as the years just rolled on, I get mixed up with them sometimes because players come and go around Christmas and you think you're in the same team, but you're not. But it, it, no, but definitely Mark O'Connor was the one who clipped it, a great ball in um, so I could flick it on. That, which Clipping the ball in was more... Yeah, oh, yeah, that, that was the championship season. I scored at Swindon. Yeah, yeah. I clipped it the other way into yeah. the net, <laughs> which was a bit of a mis- <laughs> slight mistake, but it, it paid off. What about this for a Harry story at Swindon? Again... I'm not sure it was Luke. Oh, yeah. Sean Driscoll, Yeah, I tell it all the time, but I love, I love Tom. Brilliant. Right. Uh, Sean goes up for a header, gets banged on the head, down like a sack of bricks. Steve Hardwick goes on, and he's doing all the fingers and how are you and all that business, right by the dugout. And he shouts to Harry, Harry, he doesn't know who he is. Harry shouts back, tell him he's fucking Pelly and get back up. (laughs) (laughs) Genius, genius. What was it like? What was it like, Mozzie? Because you were the only homegrown player in that side and and it was a classic Harry Redknapp team of of people bought from many parts. Most of them were making their sort of first season appearances for the for the club that year. But um but you were you were like the only guy from Dorset, weren't you, in that team? Yeah, it was lo- obviously local boy, signed for his local club. Um, very proud moment, I've got to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I mean, there was players coming and going. Even when I first signed, it changed so much from that first season to when, the, I mean, obviously, Chrissy Sully went. I think Phil Brignall went. Um Milton Graham, it was a massive change around and, and the change from 83 to up to the 86, 87 season was massive. But, you know, players were coming and going. Um, obviously, I, I broke into the side. I was actually playing left midfield, I think, when I first broke into the side. Um, and then obviously when Chrissy Sully left, um, I was reverted back to left back and the, the rest is history, really. So, yeah, the players were coming and going and you know, it is it, it it it's it's quite weird because you turn up pre-season not knowing who Harry signed or you're meeting new players all the time. But it, yeah, it, 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 it was interesting. I've got to be honest with you. What was he like? What was he like when he got angry? Did he ever? Did he ever used to? Harry, get angry. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I've had a few um, of his tantrums, if you want to call it that. Um, and one, this one was at Swindon away, and uh, we were, I think we were 2-0 two, two down, I think, and uh, I got booked. I think I whacked uh, Dave Bamba, who was playing on the wing for Swindon, and I got booked, and we got back 2-1, two, 2 all. Um, and uh, then Tommy Effman got sent off for whacking Bobby Barnes. Um, and then as we got back to 2 all. Um, Dave Bamber, the ball was put over the top of me, of course. Dave Bamber was through on goal, so I've taken him down, I've sived him down, knowing I was going to be sent off. <laughs> so, anyway, I'm, I'm, yeah, red card comes off, I'm sort of leaving the pitch running, and I see Harry running along the pitch, and I think, oh, God, he's going to have a right go at me. So, I've run down the tunnel, 
running the change room. Tommy Edmonds just come out the shower and drying himself. He said, the game finished, Mozzie. I said, no, I've been sent off. He went, oh, fucking hell, I'm getting out of here. Before Barry comes in. <laughs> and I, I, honestly, I went in that shower as quick as I could to get out of the change room. Too late. Harry come in. The teapot come over. Um, he, he said, I cost him the game. I think he got beat 4-2 in the end. Um, so, um, yeah, Harry used to lose it on occasions. But, you know, you know if you, you've done wrong with Harry and he sort of you know, lay into us a little bit. But... You know, we can all take it. We're all, you know, men in those days. And, uh, you know, if we deserved a bit of a, a bollocking, we, we we took it. And we just said, right, next game, I'm going to show you eight. That, you know, that was just a one-off type thing. And, uh, yeah. But, you know, we never never really let eight down. We always gave them 100%. And Willow was just, you know, just like that. I mean, the, the whole the whole squad gave Harry 100%. You know, that that's the thing Harry got out of his players. Yeah. You know the determination and the character, um, and you could be. I'm not not just saying this disrespectfully. You could have some ordinary players there, but Harry would get the best out of them, the, the, and he would do it in all his way. He knew the players he could bollock, and he knew the players he had to sort of mollycoddle a little bit. So that that's just you know Harry's unique style. And tell us about a bit more about Middlesbrough because they were the closest rivals, and I think. First half of the season, I remember they they tonked us four 0 up at their place, but uh, we had quite a, a a big game against them in the second half of that season, a midweek night, wasn't it, at uh, at Dean Court, which uh, which was a bit of a a turning point into who was going to win the champion the championship that year. I'll tell you what, they were staying in. Do you remember the Mole House? It's called something else now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Ramble. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Carrington Hotel. Carrington, yeah. Me and Cookie were in there, and we, about one o'clock, we went for a walk down Boscombe Gardens, and all the lads, Middlesbrough, were all there walking through, and they give us some plenty of stick, I'll tell you. Geordie lads, you know, Tony Mowbray and... Oh, who else? Gary, Gary Pallister. Pallister. Bernie Slavin. Bernie Slavin. So, of course, we had to suffer it. It was just me and Cookie. He wasn't going to help me out. So, um, <laughs> we, we, we've gone back to the hotel. And I, st- I said to Cookie, if we win this one a day, we could have done it. It was going to be a big step. And getting to the ground that night was unbelievable. You, there's so many people. Mm. They say 12,000, 13,000. To get there, get in, get in the change rooms. Anyway, we get a corner as the game starts. And the, the Mid- Middlesbrough fans were all in that bottom right-hand corner. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, in yeah. Stand? Yeah. And they shout to him, if, if you put a good ball in here, mate, we're going to stab you. <laughs> <laughs> not, very, not a very nice thing to take a corner to, is it? No. Anyway. Cookie being cookie, put the ball in, and but I, I, I think uh, oh, I, I, there's a flick on here. Mark Newson scored. Sh- O'Driscoll scored. He did. Bob Levin, yeah. What, did Trevor score or penalty? No, there was a penalty. Uh, I think. Not sure, but anyway, I th- but anyway, we won the game, and that was. Such a big, um, well, you just think about it, 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 it changed things. Yeah. So, again, we went out to uh, celebrate. I, I'm staying in the Moat House, Carrington. We were already in, what's that one on the corner by the beach? Uh, don't know, the car name of the bar. A bit further on, just by the Bick. That one on the corner. Oh. Yeah, yeah. What was it called? Can't remember what it's called. Not the Exeter. Anyway. Yeah, well, anyway, Sully Nook decides we're going to drive back to the Carrington. Why? We could have got a taxi for four or five quid. Who knows? But I get pulled. Uh, And, of course, I've been drinking. I was okay. I was, you know, not absolutely gone but i get pulled for uh drink driving 
And my mum and dad had come down the next day uh, just to, you know, be, be with me for a week. And I said to Brian Taylor, is there any way you can keep this out of the papers? Because <laughs> I don't want mum and dad to do it. <laughs> he went, of course I can. No problem at all. Yeah. Wednesday, front page. Bang. <laughs> Absolutely nailed. My my mum murdered me. Was it that was it the at the Middlesbrough game that you kind of thought this is it now? What at what point did you did because it always looked like a team that was going up. It there never seemed much doubt. We didn't have a spell like um Eddie's sides used to have occasionally where they lost a few in a row. That side just was like a machine. Was it the Middlesbrough game where you thought this is it now, we're gonna do it? Uh, no, I would go yeah. to Fulham. <laughs> I, I, I'm always a, well. I thought that the Fulham game was once we got promotion, then we could change our thoughts. But uh, I understand what you're saying with the Middlesbrough. That was very important. But um, wow, Willow, do you remember? Do you remember Willow? Uh, prior to the Middlesbrough game, we had that um, mill, didn't we? Um, that sort of dude down at some. We might have been at the same hotel, and um, the bloke from the leather shop offered all of us. He, he yeah. said to Harry, if, if you win the league, he said, I'll buy all the uh, bomber jackets. You know, the leather fighter bomber jackets? It was like the and, American um, ones, wasn't it? Yeah, like, yeah, the old like gun, like collars. Yeah, yeah Harry, like top gun, yeah. That's the one. And um, he said to Harry, if, you're, if you win the league, I'll buy all your players' ones, thinking they'll yeah. never win this league. And uh, anyway, I think the Middlesbrough game was that game where we won 3-1 and we thought, yeah, right, we can push on from here. And uh, mm. lo and behold, when we won the league, Harry went to the leather shop and said, the lads are coming down uh, tomorrow for the fitting. We had all bomber jackets. I think I've still got mine somewhere. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. What do you remember of that Fulham game? Because that was right. uh, that was a massive. <laughs> I mean, either. I tell you what, though. You scored, Willow. You scored in that one, didn't you? Yeah, the wrong end. Oh yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, leave it. Jeff, Jeff, leave Thanks it. for that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just I, I just couldn't get it away. But it, it, whatever you want to say. It's my fault, no problem. But I won the penalty that Trevor scored the other end. Yeah, you did, you did, too. I remember that. And then t- Tony Seeley. Tony Seeley. What a goal that was. Absolutely. I actually had a go at him, actually, prior to him scoring that goal. I mean, uh, uh, if you look on the footage, he, he picked the ball up just inside the their half and started to dribble forward, and I went on an overlap down the left-hand side, and I was in, and I was shouting, you know, give me the ball, give me the ball. And as he shot, I said, you greedy, what a goal. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes happens that way, doesn't it? I remember, you know, what what time did we kick off? Was it 11 or 12? 12 o'clock, Willow, it was. Was it? It was definitely early, because... We got we got back, went to La Lupa for something to eat, drinks, and I was in bed by eight o'clock. It, you know, we were hammered. Just we? So, oh well, we champagne yeah. all the way back. Very nice. Very it nice. was it was a hot yeah, day as well. Hot day. It so was it a hot day. Tough, tough game to play in as well. Yeah. We've got a yeah. question. We've got a question from Andrew Parkin for you. He said, "Have you Uh-oh. still got?" Have you still got hold of Harry's training top that he wore after the Fulham victory? Do you know, that's so strange because what happened was, after the game finished, I gave my shirt to a supporter behind the goal and then we went in the changing room. I don't know why we went in there, but we did. And I just picked anything up off the floor and put it on just to go back out. And I didn't know, but I've seen photos. It's got hey, Harry Red, well, HR on him. So that's... A Royal Highness, Willow. A Royal ah, Highness. So that, that's the mystery. <laughs> but you don't still have it. Unfortunately not. Did you, did you go away as a team uh, in the summer, 
to celebrate that, did you have another Magaluf trip or anything after that? <laughs> yeah, Port- Portugal. Portugal. Marzi, be get run a trappers. Be careful. <laughs> yeah, no, they are. I'm not, I'm, not, well, I'm not saying a word. My lips are sealed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we did. We, we had a trip to Portugal uh, end of season. It was it was one of those trips. Um, uh, I think. No, I've got to tell you about Tony Pulis and Mark O'Connor. They, they were the tightest people you'd ever meet. They had longest pockets, wouldn't buy around. Um, and we went to Portugal, and uh, I think Willow and the boys found out that um, they had smuggled or they'd taken over food. Um, to have in their yes. room rather than going out and buying the food. And uh, <laughs> anyway, this day they were out. So Willow and a few of the boys, broke, we broke into their, their room and ate the lot. Angel cake, crisps, uh, tuna fish. And Thank we just you. left the, the baked beans. We left all it on their beds. And of course, uh, when they came in, they weren't happy at all. They, uh, they act, <laughs> I think they uh, disassociated themselves with us. But the mm. food was nice. Yeah, very nice. How does how does it feel that you 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 and that team you hold the club record for the most victories in a season? Still, I mean, twenty nine wins was an amazing achievement. I mean, that must that must give you a lot of pride, doesn't it? Of course, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The whole thing, the eighty six, eighty seven thing, the best time of my life for football. Uh, girls, everything. I mean, <laughs> I mean, for years, like, I mean, people were staying around Bournemouth, oh, Bournemouth don't want to go up. Um, they haven't got the facilities to go up. Um, and you heard this all the time. Um, but as for players that played that season, that was never, ever part of, you know, in our vocabulary. We were, we were going for it. We wanted promotion. And I think for years, people said that, you know, we don't want to go up, almost don't want to go up. But that season was just amazing from start to finish, on the pitch, off the pitch. Um, it was just fantastic. We had some great times. You'll, ne- you'll never have friendship like that unless you win something together. We'll, we'll be friends till the day we die. And something that we're proud of as well, because, you know, that's the first, you know, Bournemouth side to get up into well, the old second division, now the championship. Um, so there was a lot of pride there amongst the players. And, uh, you know, we went with the flow. At the end of the season, we were invited everywhere to banks, to charity dues, to you name it. We were, we, we were drinking nearly every day after that. We were going to all sorts of functions, the way supporters do. I was an alcoholic. I had to go to rehab. <laughs> Yeah, that was good times. Great times indeed. The um, the first season up was quite a slog, though, wasn't it? The uh, um, it, it 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 never felt hundred percent comfortable. I mean, I think we secured promotion towards uh, secured safety uh, pretty clear towards the end, but at times it felt a bit dicey, didn't it? At times, the whole time was dicey. I can remember being on the beach and we the fixtures came in. And we seen the fixture list, and I looked, and I'm going Aston Villa, Birmingham. Oh my God, we're in trouble here. But it wasn't like that. I think if you check the first five, six, seven games, I think we were in sixth place. Mm. Uh, that, that time, um, you sort of hit. Paul, you sort of hit the prime of your um, playing in those first two years in the championship season. There was a lot of speculation at one time in the press uh, of clubs watching you. Uh, one that a member got mentioned was Liverpool. Was there any truth in that? And did you ever come close to leaving? Um, yeah, the Liverpool thing. Um, I saw, um, I think it was one of the papers, national papers, that they were watching me. And I think we played Wigan away um, in the rearranged fixture. Uh, up at, when we got snowed off, I think I think it was that year, um, but we went back up there, and uh, I can remember training. We went up there that, the morning of the game, and uh, we trained, and went back to the hotel, had some lunch, and Tommy Eppelman phoned me room and said, "Mozzie, come here, like." And I said, "What's up?" He said, "Just come here." So we had a cutting from the Liverpool papers saying that uh, Liverpool had offered a quarter of a million for me. 
for Bournemouth left back Paul Morrell and uh, he said I think you're on your way mate anyway got to the game and Dalgleish was at the game um, we won 2-0 played really well as a team and myself personally and I saw Harry and Dalgleish talking in the bar and I thought right I'm going to have to grab Harry on the way home and find out what's going on anyway said to H he got on the coach can I have a word with you and he said well give us 10 minutes and I'll call you down blah 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 Anyway, I came down and I sat next to him and I said, what's this about Liverpool, H? And he, he said, no, 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 they're not interested. I, you know, I just put it out there to see what interest I've got for you. So I threw the paper at him and uh, I said, what about that? And he said, oh, yeah, well, yeah, come and see me tomorrow. Um, we'll have a chat. So I said, OK, that's fair enough. And uh, went to the ground the next day and said, look, I want to go to Liverpool. Um, it's a great move for me. I, I was playing really well that season, you know, top of my form. It's been a great move for me. Um, in the end, Harry said, "Look, you're in my plans. Uh, I'm not letting you go. Um, here's a three-year deal." Um, and you know, and we thrashed out a contract there and then. And he obviously increased all my money, um, made it worth my army staying. Um, I said, what if I don't sign it? <laughs> well, I won't tell you what he told me, um, but it, it, I did sign the contracts um, because I knew he wasn't going to let me go. In those days, contracts were contracts. I still had like a year to run on my contract. Um, and I thought, well, it's a bit of security. I'll sign the three year. Um, I did have a clause in there to say if any clubs come in for me, you need them to let me know. Um, and that was it, really. You know, the Liverpool thing died out. I think they signed Steve Staunton in the end. Um, um, so, yeah, it was a, it left a bit of a bitter taste in my mouth because that, that, that was a move I really wanted. And I think for my own career, it was to play in that top flight. That's something I never did in my career. Um, and I know that I was, you know, more than capable of doing that. And what a side to go to in Liverpool. And yeah, it, it was... It just, as I say, petered out. And I think we we won the league that year. It was the, it was the year we won the league. It was mid-season that happened. And uh, uh, and then at the end of the season, I think Chelsea come in for me. And I think Man United made a bid. Um, Norwich put an offer in. Um, but at the end of the day, Harry was never going to let me go. And he, I was in his plans. And, you know, and Willow will tell you when you're in Harry's plans, you're in Harry's plans. And, uh, you know, um, I just got on with it. You know, it's one of those things that happen in football. Um, I would like to say that, you know, if I went higher leagues, you know, that I would have, you know, progressed even more. But I look back now and I said I had a great career at Bournemouth and that's how I look at it. You know, we had some great, great seasons there, great players and I had some great memories. And, and Willow, he, um, Neil reminded me, of an overhead kick that you attempted when we played Arsenal. I guess that put pay to any big money moves that uh, that people were looking at you at the time. Mate, I'd made my big money move to Bournemouth. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that, that was the deal for me, no doubt. We we got beat 3-0 at Arsenal. Yeah, I remember it. Really? Joe Payton come out and cut me in half. I think Mark... No, who was it? Um, was it right? He was playing then. I don't know. He, he tapped one in. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Charlie Nichols. Charlie Nicholas was as well. I think. Was he really? Yeah, Tony Adams. I remember playing that that day. As well. But you, you definitely did. You definitely did an overhead kick, didn't you? I didn't dream it. Well, do you remember my Lester goal? I'm going to get stuck into you here. <laughs> Come on. You don't remember it. Describe it for us. Was it away at Filbert Street? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there. I was there. Oh, you can. It's on YouTube. <laughs> Have a look at it. I'll bet. I'll bet. None of you could do this. It <laughs> was right. seventy yards out. Just, <laughs> that, just have a look. It was a little scissor kick. Do you remember we played Leicester three boxing days yeah, in yeah, the, yeah. on the spin? I went to them. I went to them. Yeah. Dreadful, that, that, dreadful trips. That, that was one uh, that was one game. 
Well, have a look at that goal. It, was, that might be my favourite for Bournemouth. Didn't I? I got thirty, I think, or something. But I don't like Mozzie didn't get that many because. Are <laughs> oh, you can set him up, Willow? <laughs> so, so did the did the move to coaching come naturally for you both? No, not for me. I hated it. I wanted to be one of the lads. Still, found it very difficult. Uh, I, I like coaching. I like set plays, and I like defending set plays, uh, organising. But the other stuff didn't really interest me. I think you'll. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't know. We're all different, aren't we? Uh, you, 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 you try to do the best, but I always yeah. want to be one of the lads. And when it's when it's that way. It's 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 tough, but I, I I do like the smart moves that when with set, set plays come. I mean, even to this day, uh, there's some things I see Eddie do, and there's just a ten percent of mine in there, which is pretty cool. Good. I have one last question from the uh, from the sort of playing time, if I can. The uh, Ian Bishop. Um, was he as good as he looked? Because to all of us at the stands, he just looked like a, a as a player. He just he just looked a, a class above most of the midfielders we used to play against. Was he that good in training? Do, uh, do you know he's just been over? No, no, I didn't. Yeah, you know, I almost tried to. He's doing, I think, what you lads are doing with a podcast. You might want to link up. Yeah, I can, I can give you a number. Um, He's the best player I've ever played with. Not not the best centre-forward or the best defender, but the best player. Mm. He was unbelievable. I used to pass the ball into him round his box, and he'd control it and move on and get me out of the shit. Yeah. He, he was the best player for me. Did you we've play with him, Mark? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there, yeah. Yeah, he was top class, I think. Uh, the Man City game away uh, was obviously the game that maybe got him his transfer to Man City in the end when we were 3-0 down at half-time. you remember, Willow? Uh, we were playing unbelievable at Main Road. They uh, second-last game of the season and uh, they, Man City had to win to go up. Yeah. Um, and there was 30-odd fouls in there. I've just watched it on YouTube, actually. It was an unbelievable game. We were brilliant. We were absolutely brilliant. We were 3-0 down at half-time. Have a look at my goal at Leicester. (laughs) 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 Widow, Widow, I've got... I've got it already. I've got it on my list here today. I've got... uh, got Put it all over the world. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a question question from Minty on Twitter, which is for you, Mozzie. Were you part? Uh, you were part of the ninety-one, ninety-two squad, which missed out on the playoffs by just three points. What did you think of that squad? Because that had uh, Jimmy Case and Mark Morris in it, as well as Ikoku, Vince Bartram, and Matty Holmes. Again, a terrific squad of players. We, you know, we had a terrific season, and I think uh, Chicken George was there, George Lawrence, and um, I think Dave Langan, I think, was there then. I think. Um, I mean, we had some quality players and we were like pushing for, you know, the playoffs. Plays. And I think the last game or one of the last games, I was at Shrewsbury away where I scored the header. We went 1-0 up. I think we had to win to stand any chance of getting into the playoffs, but we had to rely on other results. And um, I went up for a corner game and headed on the far post, top corner. I jumped at a stanchion. I've got a picture of me up on the stanchion uh, saluting the crowd. About two minutes later, we're three one down, and uh, couldn't believe it. And, uh, and when we went in at the end of the game, um, obviously the results didn't go for us anyway, so we wouldn't have made the playoffs. But we pushed so hard that season. But we had some quality players, and again, um, a, a good bunch of lads. And uh, as I say, we just missed off on that playoff. You were there. You were there, Paul, as well for the transition between Harry Redknapp and. Tony Pulis, a big, massive change in styles. What was that like um, as a player going between the two managers? So, two totally different uh, styles of management. Um, 
you know, it's one of those things you play with Tony as a player, uh, then he becomes manager. Um, obviously, different uh, rules, and you know, and it, it, I've got to be totally honest with you here. I wasn't a big lover of his style of football, um, his style of training. We, I mean, Willow Attell we used to run for England. I mean, he used to run all day long. I, I don't think we saw a ball in pre-season until about four weeks into the season. Um, we used to run for England. Now, I said, if I wanted to be an athlete, I would have joined an athletics club. Hmm. You know, um, but yeah, we, we had some run-ins, me and Tony. You know, um, I, I had some good times with him, but it was a different different style of management and probably towards the latter end the second season I was in and out the squad I wasn't particularly happy there were certain things going on at the club I wasn't happy with I wasn't happy with my own <laughs> self um, and you know and uh, it got to the stage at the end of the season where Tony offered me a contract a reduced contract and I decided no I'm not accepting <laughs> it and I left <laughs> we don't like reduced. No, I bet you don't. <laughs> no. I bet you don't. Not, not as reduced as he was trying to get me down to. I've got to be honest with you. And, and Willow, do you, you you obviously came back to the club as assistant manager, and you went yeah. through some difficult times because there was that dismissal. Then your reappointment when the when we found some more money. I mean, what was that like? I mean, and, and then of course you go into become a radio star. So it, it's been a been a bit of a career for you, hasn't it? Very lucky. But I came back to do the School of Excellence, which I enjoyed immensely. Uh, 10 to 16s, um, Eddie, uh, Mossy, Cole Fletcher. I remember one windy, furious night at Chapel Gate. You remember, I don't know if you've been over there, but you know there's... Um, AstroTurf, hmm. yeah, the, this night was furious. The wind was horrendous. So me and Tony Pulis, it was, went over there to, to say to the lads, look, we can't even keep the balls on the pitch. Just go home. Guess who the two people were who became players were that night? Every, everybody else didn't turn up. Um, Eddie and Cole Fletcher. They were the only two that turned up that night, which tells you, is that what it takes to be a footballer? Mm. You know, their mums mums picked them up and brought them over. Uh, It's one of them things sticks in my mind, and I'm like, bloody hell, that is... Yeah. What it takes. Yeah. Very much so. Well, how did the radio gig start? How did you get the how did you get the radio work? Um towards the end of my career, I'd dislocated my shoulder and I wasn't hundred percent with with it. Uh and do you remember the Leeds fixture? Oh yeah. Yeah. Where it went nuts. Yeah. Horses people and I, I got a um a taxi to what was that pub called by king's park portman the portman the portman hotel. yeah portman hotel i don't think it's there now is it no it's a block of flats now flat. right so the taxi driver gets me there and he goes well oh, i'm fucked you you i can't go anywhere the, the traffic was so i start walking and I've got my arm in a sling because the dislocation. And I meet these Leeds fans and I think, fucking hell, I'm going to get a paste in here. Uh, but then they start talking and they walk me to the players' entrance. And I was, thank you, and all, all the rest of it went in. Then, do you remember we used to have that box in the left-hand corner as you come out of the changing rooms? Yeah. That's where the rate. So I was on the radio. So that was my first one, and that's the way it started. What a, what a start that was, crikey! I know. They turned was... the BBC car over, mm. <laughs> which is quite funny. 
I always think when we look back at the greatest moments that have happened under Eddie Howe, when you watch back, the, listen to the radio commentary of them, nearly every single one of them have got you shouting, yes, in the background. So it's something to be really proud of. I get bollockings for that, left, right. <laughs> yeah. So he, you know, you can tell from his commentary, you know, I've had to give him a couple of tickets off recently for shouting down the mic when goals had gone in, which he got out of the habit of doing. Edge of the penalty area, here's Billing on his right foot, not his stronger side. Lerma outside him, here's Jefferson Lerma, and here's a goal for Callum Wilson. The flag stays down in the six-yard box, eight minutes gone, Lerma sets it up, Callum Wilson silences the cop. I think it's great, I think it's great. You can't help it, can you? I've got a question from Rob Willow, he says, do you still travel to away matches in that tiny BBC Radio Solent van? Do you know what? Whatever car is there is what we drive. It's nothing to do with me. It's it's it, Chris sorts it out. It's it's uh, out of my control that one. He said he remembers seeing you stuck in a traffic jam on the M3, like sardines in a can. <laughs> Mate, we've we've been in so many traffic jams. It's unbelievable. <laughs> And I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this one as well. It was me who put the uh, petrol in the wrong tank. <laughs> <laughs> We've all done it. We've all done it. Have you? Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone's done that. <laughs> Excellent. Well, look. Guys, I think we've kept you long enough. I mean, I'd just like to ask quickly, we, we've obviously, the current season we haven't really talked about and, you know, how the team has done. Um, but where do you where do you think it's going to end up? And if there is a resumption, do you think we're going to stay up or do you think it's just going to be knocked on the head, as you said earlier? Go on, Moz. Um, I think Willow said it at the beginning, really. I think there's bigger things than football at the moment. And um, you know, you know, football should come second with to what's going on in the the world at the moment. And uh, you know, and to start football again, I don't think would be right. I've got to be honest. I think Willow was totally right in what he said. Scrap the season, start start all at nil points. And you know, I mean, if they don't start by what June, they're saying June, aren't they? They're looking at. I can't see it myself. Um, then I think, you know, realistically, I think you've got to say season's over um, and just move on and start again. Um, and I think Willow's totally, totally right in what he said about, you know, yeah. there's lots of other things that are more important than football. Yeah, well, look, I think we all miss it greatly. I know Willow must do, I do. You know, I still go to the club and watch the games. I'm missing football dreadfully. Um, and I can't wait for it to come back, but it's got to be done safely. Um, the supporters, players, and everyone alike, because you've got emergency services, you've got whole caboodle at football, yeah. police. So, you know, there's a lot to think about. Well, look, it's been absolutely brilliant fun talking with you and, and talking back over that season in particular, because both Neil and I remember it very, very fondly. It was one of the best seasons. And in fact, I, I'm reading a, a revisiting a book about it at the moment where he says that that is the best season and we'll never see the like again. And and here we are. We've been the Premier League five seasons now. And, Just know, one thing yeah. before I go. Yeah, go for it. Why do I need these and everybody else is okay? We've well, got, he- got, he- oh, got you? headphones on, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, they're not, you they're not to- earrings, they're headphones. <laughs> I need glasses, don't I? this has been the first topless interview I've ever conducted so I'd just like to say <laughs> thank you thank you so much both for joining us it's been an absolute pleasure and yeah. uh, and Neil thanks again for being part of this you know it's been brilliant fun um, yeah, loved it ho- loved hopefully it. we'll catch up when football restarts because uh, love to love to have a beer with you guys and, and talk some more stories that'd be great Loved that interview. Some cracking stories there. Willow was on form. He wasn't wearing a T-shirt, but he was certainly brilliant. Um, And Mozzie as well. Excellent uh, to see 
him on YouTube. So if you do want to watch that, it's at youtube.com forward slash AFCB podcast. But yeah, Willow, he didn't have his top on, so you might not want to. But cracking interview, Jeff and Neil, top work. So I'm not sure when you're listening to this podcast, but if you're listening as we release them, hello, happy Saturday. Now, tomorrow is Sunday. Uh, There will be no release then. Uh, That's because it was a year ago on Sunday that AFC Bournemouth fan Peter Humphrey sadly left this world way too early. He was 28. Remembering the outpouring of grief and love on Facebook after his passing, we chat on youtube.com slash AFCB podcast to Cherries fans Simon Kay, Tom Jordan, Damien Hill, because Simon is spearheading a mental health initiative which may prove useful for those that potentially need it. So we get a little more insight into what's trying to be achieved. Now, in terms of pods dropping, well, stay tuned because we've absolutely got some quality guests on the way. So I hope you've enjoyed this show. Thanks for listening to the Lockdown Interviews. You'll, ne- you'll never have friendship like that unless you win something together. We'll, we'll be friends till the day we die. Something that we're proud of as well because, you know, that first former side to get up into well, the old second division now the championship. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.